guys ready to get the word this morning? Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Mark <laughs> chapter 1. I've got kind of a unique message this morning. Uh, you guys know me. Uh, Sometimes I can come off with some crazy ways to get my, my point across and stuff. But the word that I want to bring to you this morning is a very true word. Amen. Uh, it, it's very true. I want to start off and I want to ask you a question. Do we really love unconditionally? Do we really love unconditionally? Is our love at the place to where no matter what somebody does, no matter how they act, how they react, how they treat us, is our love unconditional? Is it unconditional? You know, uh, uh, a lot of times I would say probably most, if not every one of us, at some way, uh, at some place in our life, we failed in that area of letting our love at least be shown unconditional. You know, somebody treats us wrong, we, uh, we want to treat them wrong. Uh, we want to do away, we want to, uh, a, a lot of times even people that bring us uh, a different uh, beliefs than what we believe in the Bible, we want to just shut it out. And some of the most revelating moments in your life can be when you talk to these people, maybe that have issues with drugs, or or, or maybe maybe uh, people that's having issues with uh, homosexuality and things like that. Some of the most revelating times, because I think it's good that we get their point of view. I don't have to agree with them, but I can stand and talk to them. Amen. When the last time a Jehovah Witness come to your place. Was you able to stand in front of them and know your word uh, front and, and back and can make your case for why Jesus is the way that he is in your mind and your belief? Or did you shun them and kind of go about your way? Or maybe did they completely throw their beliefs in there and completely put you under the table? You know, is our love unconditional? I tell you what, uh, you know, we don't believe quite like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the church Latter-day Saints and stuff, but those people's got it going when it comes to visiting, you know? I had one visit me one time. He offered to help me with my lawnmower, and he come back. I seen him like a week or two later, and he remembered who I was, and and he, he can't, now they'll keep coming back, <laughs> you know, when you talk to them and things like that. But see, that they love, they, they've got a mission, they've got a purpose to grow the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to ask you, where's your love? Probably the closest fact, the closest part of our life that we have of true unconditional love is with our kids. Most of us would love to say we do anything for our kids. Anything. Regardless of the of, of what goes on, uh, you know, regardless of what they do, I tell my kids, I love you. And my, my little my little, my Kylie, my little girl, she'll say, she'll say, I love you more. I'm like, no, I love you more. We'll go back and forth like that a little bit. It's kind of like a little game we play, but I love them unconditional, uh, unconditionally. I, I, I want to think that no matter what harm comes their way, no matter what they do to me, how they treat me, how they aggravate me, no matter how much uh, that I may want to pull my hair out, that I will love them unconditionally. That's probably the closest thing that we come to unconditional love, to actually being able to see it, is our kids. Well, preparing for this message, I, I, I got kind of an off-of-the-wall crazy thing that I, that I found that I can relate to of uh, some true uh, unconditional love. 
And that's from a movie that I had bought years ago, my very first, I think it was one of my very first DVDs that I ever had, and it was Shrek. Anybody ever seen Shrek? Okay. Now, Fiona in the movie Shrek, if you think about it, she was a hottie for a cartoon, okay? She was. She was. She was. She was. She was a hottie for a cartoon when she wasn't the ogre-looking thing, okay? But we all know what happened. She turned into an ogre and stuff. But I want to bring your mind back, if you can remember, back to the very end of the movie. To the very end of the movie. And when she found true love, she was supposed to turn into the beautiful princess or whatever and stay that way. But that's not quite what happened. Of course, we all know if you've seen the movie that she turned into the ogre-looking thing and she said, I was supposed to be beautiful. And Shrek told her, but you are beautiful. Amen? Do you see the similarities? We need to, no matter what people say or what people do, we need to show them a true, unconditional love. It don't matter what they look like. Listen, growing up, being a teenager, I remember a girl one time asked me to the dance, and they didn't look quite like I wanted them to look. Listen, I'm a better man than that now, okay? That's kind of a, kind of a fickle way of doing things, but you know, you're a teen. I, I wasn't even a teenager yet, maybe, or maybe just barely a teenager, and you had this girl come up, and they wasn't this popular. I always shot for out of my league, you know? I, I always... You know, I wanted the I wanted the people, you know, way up here and I was way down here. You know? Well, but this girl come up and asked me if I wanted to be her boyfriend. I hardly ever knew. I hardly even knew her, you know. But I looked too much on the physical appearance. Okay? Now years later down the road, you know, she she got to be uh, what I would think in those days more attractive and, and things like that. But I missed the point of the unconditional love about looking in the heart. So, unconditional love, unconditional love causes us to more easily be moved with compassion. When I show my kids unconditional love, there's certain things, you know, I want to be hardball on, but it don't take much to tap into daddy's heart because I love them unconditionally. Amen? Amen. I love them unconditionally. It don't take too much for them to speak uh, to daddy and to kind of, listen, Blake, Blake started working at Burger King and he brought me a chicken sandwich the other day and it did cost me a dime. You want to wait to daddy's heart, you bring him something to eat. Amen. I ate that chicken sandwich and I loved it. I bit it up and it, oh, it was so good. And you want to take, you want to show daddy how to be moved with compassion? You, you, you talk to my heart. But see, I love them unconditional. Uh, you know, I love them unconditional. If somebody that I work with brought me a chicken sandwich from Burger King, it probably wouldn't mean that much to me. Uh, even though, but why? We need to love them unconditionally. We need to love them unconditionally. So, <clears throat> I want to preach on Jesus this morning about how he loves us unconditionally. It don't matter what we look like, Leah. It don't matter what we act like, Deanna. It don't matter if I spike my hair or if I buzz it with a flat top. It don't matter if I, if I spit when I preach or if I yell when I preach. He loves me unconditionally. It don't Listen, we're all many members that make up the body of Christ. We all got different attitudes. We all got different personalities. We're learning about personalities. 
We all got different, but God and Jesus loves us all unconditionally. We all have our faults and failures. And hey man, how many of you know that Jesus loves me unconditionally, even with my faults and failures? See, a lot of times, a lot of times we get caught up with, uh, with, with other people if they don't treat us just the right way. See, I would still love my son unconditionally if he never did. But that's the first time he ever brought me a chicken sandwich. And I loved him unconditionally before, before he brought it to me. I did. He didn't have to bring me that. See, Jesus, he loves us unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally no matter what we look like. No matter what I sound like, see, the world will make fun of you for the way that you sound, for the way that you talk. I'm a Kentucky boy living in West Virginia. Amen. I've been through some ridicule over just the way that I talk, really. Amen. But Jesus still loves me. Amen. And what did he do? I remember being back in school and people kind of poking, saying stuff about, you got an accent. You have an accent. And all this kind of stuff. What did God do? God puts me up in front of people speaking. And talking. Kind of funny how that works, huh? But he loves me unconditionally. He loves me even if I am from Kentucky. He loves me if I like the Kentucky Wildcats. He loves you even if you're a Tennessee fan. There's a little inside joke. Let's look in our Bibles to Mark chapter 1. If I had to title this sermon this morning, it would be Moved with Compassion. Mark chapter 1, verse 40, and I'm going to read 40 through 45. It says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He can. He can make me clean. If you will, if you will, not if I will, but if you will, if, if it's God's will. See, we miss that part sometimes along the way. We pray, God, give me this. God, give me that. Let me do this. Let me do that. God, I would really love blah, 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 blah. But we miss the fact to say, God, if it be your will. Okay? So, this guy seems like he's got it going on. Okay? This is in, in Jesus what moved with compassion. Why is that? He's moved with compassion because he has he has unconditional love. We've got something to learn here, okay? Okay, we got some uh, we got something to learn about Jesus here. Uh, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was clean, cleansed. And he straightly charged him, forthwith sent him away, and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. See, when you was a leper, you had to go show yourself to a priest before you could mingle amongst the community again. You was an outcast as a leper, okay? People did not like you. You was an outcast. Okay? And, and, and if I'm thinking correctly, before you could get back into the community of things, you had to show yourself to the priest and like have him approve you. Verse 45, but he went out and began to publish it much. Man, disobedience right there. It sounds to me like that. And to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him 
from every quarter. Now, I want to talk just, I want to talk a little bit, I mean, we'll get a little bit more about Jesus being moved with compassion, but I cannot read this without, uh, and preach this without hitting on what the guy did right, okay? I want you to understand this guy was a leper, okay? Maybe you don't know full about leprosy, we'll talk about it a little bit later, what leprosy entailed and stuff, but this guy was an outcast. A lot of times us as Christians, we seem like outcasts. The very first thing that we want to do when things start going bad or somebody makes us upset, we want to segregate ourselves off away from everybody else. We want to start secluding ourselves. Is that not a lot like an outcast? Think about it. We want to get away from everybody. Listen, we want to we all have this nature that we want to fit in with the world. I've preached this before. We've got to get to the place to where we understand we will not fit in with the world if we're serving God. Because God in the world is complete opposite. Amen? I don't know if God has given me some spiritual eyes here recently or what, but I'm really noticing how bad the world is getting and how, how much sinful things is just flooding our, our lives. If you watch TV, you see stuff on TV shows that it's just—it's almost pushing, pushing the mess and the junk upon us. I—I yeah. I can't say it enough. You've got to realize you are called to be different than the world. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Quit trying to fit in. But fit in is where we feel at home. Fill in is where we get our comfort. But see, we're getting our comfort from the wrong place. Our, my comfort comes from the Lord. Can I hear an amen from somebody? My comfort comes from the Lord. It don't have to come amen, from the world. Because no matter what, if I'm serving God, He will be everything that I need. He will be my peace. He will be my comfort. He will be my provider. Amen. We put so much eggs in one basket of this world, but the world will let you down. Amen. I don't care how strong you think your friends are. Come on. They will not be as good as God is Amen. when he serves you. Or when you serve him. So what did this guy do right? Number one, he beseeched. What in the world does beseech mean? That's King James terminology. What in the world does beseech mean? The definition for beseech is basically to call near. In other words, invite, invoke. Call for, exhort. We don't like that word in the church a lot of times, exhort. You know what exhort is? Exhort is when you're kind of pushing them towards something. I'm exhorting you to, to go to lunch. And then I'm pushing you to go do it. I'm exhorting you to lift up your hands and praise God. I'm kind of pushing you. I can't make you do anything, but a lot of times in church, and then when people feel like they got to exhort people to praise the Lord all the time, be cheerleaders. What would happen if people just stood up and praised you? Oh, that's good. Well, here's our excuse. Here's our excuse. We all praise in different ways. Oh, that's good. That's true. And, and I, I get it. I get it. Don't be mad at me, but I can prove to you in the Bible it says clap your hands. Amen. Sing unto the Lord a new song. It don't say sing unto the Lord uh, only if you have a good voice. See, I've done shut some of y'all out now. Oh, we ain't hearing him. He's preaching. When are we going to realize sometimes 
Amen. God just preaches it to our face. Quit rejecting it and just yeah. taking it and saying, Oh, me, I'm sorry, God. I'll try to do better. When's the last time some of us clap for the Lord? Lift up our hands. David danced before the Lord. David danced before the Lord. I'd really, I'd really freak y'all out if I said, everybody stand up, let's do a dance a little jig for the Lord. What in the world is going on? I'm tempted to do it, but that ain't even my message. Just one of the nice rabbit trails. But that uh, number one personality goes down. He beseeched the Lord. You're back on track, Brad. He beseeched the Lord. He called him into his world. Amen? He called him into his world. See, us by nature, by character, we want to handle our own business. We don't want to make it public. We want to handle our own business. We'll keep this in-house. We won't let anybody know what's going on, what's happening. We'll keep it in-house. We won't say nothing. We'll make a big deal, and hopefully this too shall pass. But do you understand what he did? He called, he beseeched him. He went after and brought him into his life. See, I think that's a, one of the things that we fail a lot as Christians. And then we try to handle too much ourselves. And then instead of, hey, I'm going to get the big man on the phone, and he's going to take care of it. Because he'll do a better job than I can do. I'm nothing without him. I can't, I can't even get up in the morning without him. So I'm going to call on him to handle it. Do you really? You may get worn down and stressed out and worn out a lot of times because you're trying to handle your situations. Give it to God. Amen. Now listen, I can preach that and it seems easy. I can preach it all and, and, and get people, get me fired up preaching. But it's hard. It's hard to just give it to God a lot of times because we have this mind concept of the way we think it ought to go. Or the way that we think it should be or that everything my level one personality, I want it all perfect. Come on. I don't never want to have a bad thought go through my head. <laughs> Good preaching. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome? Karina, wouldn't it be awesome if we never had the devil fight our minds at all? Wouldn't it be awesome if we, if we never had to struggle with any of that? We never had to struggle and worry? We never had to go through any mind, mind battles? It would be awesome, but that's my personality coming out. I want it to be perfect. But see, the thing is, God is God when it's not perfect. Amen? Amen. I've been in this world long enough that I know that the world is not going to be perfect all the time. There's going to be bad things happen. The devil may throw a bad thought into my mind. God, take care of it. Take care of it. Yes. He was a leper. He was, it was, leprosy was uncurable. It was a skin disease. And it was considered in that time that if you had contact with the unclean person, it made you unclean. They were outcasts. People shunned them. People didn't want anything to do with them. Now most people, other than Jesus, 
if I had leprosy and I went over to Miss Sandra, she'd come, whoa, Pastor. Bubble. But the base say bubble. Cool thing about Jesus is he don't care about your personal bubble. Amen. 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 That's all in your grill. Amen. He wasn't worried about the leprosy. He wasn't worried about that. He had unconditional love. It didn't matter what they was going through. It didn't matter. See, everybody else, except for people that was uh, uh, had leprosy, uh, <clears throat> had shunned them. Had shunned them, probably. Made them outcasts. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Jesus, he came because he brought them in. See, a lot of times we shut everybody else out because we feel like people is shutting us out. Yes. I learned a long time ago that every now and then it'll rise up that everybody is not out to get you. Mm -hmm. Okay? See, I think that's one of the tactics that the enemy wants to use is that everybody is out to get you. Mm -hmm. Everybody is against you. You right. cannot win. You fell in this place before, yeah. so you're going to fall again is what the devil will tell us. Yeah. But I'm going to bring God into my situation. Yes, thank you, Lord. Am I perfect at it? No. I'm not perfect. But see, it's scriptures like this that, that, that help us to learn we need to pull him in. Yes. He's not, he never leaves me or forsakes me. But instead of me holding a situation, I'm going to, instead of me holding back and trying to take care of it itself, I'm going to pull God into my situation. Amen. He's there, but I've got to give it to him. I can't hold on to it. I've got to give it to him. Number two, the guy bowed. The guy bowed. It said, and there came a leper beseeching him and kneeling down to him. He bowed. There's three things that bowing symbolizes that we're going to talk about today. Number one is humbleness. Humbleness. The man was humble. And by true rights, when some people has cast you out, maybe throw things at you, maybe make fun of you. Ha ha, look at his, look at, look at him. He's his skin's different colorations and all this stuff. Put him down and he'll just know it. Sometimes the reputation of what you're going through will bring you down. What's the very instance? We do it a lot of times. We see it with cancer. People, uh, the doctors tell them that they got cancer and that and, and, and they may just automatically start uh, start losing ground because of the reputation cancer has. But see, I serve a God that can go outside of the body and there is no incurable disease or no situation that my God can not handle. Leprosy was incurable. And, I'm, and, and maybe by the first instance, the first moment that he heard that he had leprosy, he might have started recessing back. Oh. Those, those are outcasts. Those are made fun of. They can't, we can't see our families no more. He was humble. By all rights. Yeah. See, tragedy sometimes brings humbleness to us. You ever wonder? I mean, I'm not going to say that God puts things on us, but maybe sometimes He allows us to go through some things to teach us some humbleness. Yeah. Yes. To teach us the fact that we're not all high and mighty, mighty super Christian over here that can make it through anything. Come on. Captain Marvel for, for the faith. Wow. <laughs> 
Maybe sometimes we go through things to help bring some humbleness. Yeah. The Bible says those that are last shall be first, and those that are first shall be last. Amen? We've got to stay humble. Yeah. Also, kneeling down symbolizes surrender. You don't like going through things, but sometimes we might have to go through some things to show us, hey, I need to surrender to God because he's the only way I'm coming out of this. Come on. See, our perspective changes. Me and, me and Brother Kevin, we've talked a lot about tragedy and things. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, he might not say it, but, I, but I, I, I'll say it. You know, people get their crying towels out and they want to run to church. Amen? Because things happen and that's good. But the bad part is, when things get going good, they blow in through the tragedy. They blow right when they get up on the mountain. See, that's not what God wants. God wants you to be stable whether you're on the mountaintop or the valley. Amen? Maybe we would stay up on the mountaintop a little longer if we gave God glory for being up on the mountaintop. Bless the Lord. That's good. I surrender all. I surrender all. And no matter what I go through, I've got to surrender it all. Yes. No matter what position at work I go for, I gotta surrender my will to His will. No matter what I want to do at the church, I gotta surrender my will to His will. And when I, when this man bowed, bowed down to Jesus, Amen. That's what it represented: surrender. I yield myself. What does a what does a knight before they knight him, Amen? When they come before the king or the queen, what do they do? They bow down before that. They bow their head down low. It shows that they surrender to them. They're giving their life to the cause. Amen? Amen. It's time that we as America bow down and surrender to our thoughts, our opinions, our ways, the things that we want to do and bow ourselves to God and surrender to Him. 100%. Mm. Kneeling down also symbolizes something else. Vulnerability. When I kneel down, if I kneel down before a king or a queen, I'm vulnerable. Not to mention they have that sword right there. Uh, when, they're, when they're knighting them, they, come, they put that sword right down on their shoulders. That's awful close to my neck. Yes, Amen. If I was back in those days, it's awful close. All one little twitch. Wow. Yeah. Come on, that's where we're at. Yes. When I surrender down to the Lord, guess what that means? I'm vulnerable. Yes, you are. I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable to people cast outcasting me. I'm vulnerable to the fact that people's not going to like everything that I do all the time. Because they're geared towards the world. Yes. My focus has got to be God. Yeah. I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. But here's the thing. It's just a thought. We think that we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable to God. But God's the creator of the world. If we was going to be vulnerable to anything, why not be vulnerable to somebody that is equipped to take care of us? And to hold us no matter what the storm is. We put ourselves vulnerable. The world puts ourselves vulnerable to the world uh, uh, all the time. They'll, they, they'll go out. They'll impair their vision. They'll, 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 uh, they, 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 
They'll go after drugs. They'll go after alcohol, which makes them where they can't think and operate properly. That's vulnerability. But they're vulnerable to the world. It's a lot more dangerous. The world sometimes might take you out quicker than they would wrap you up. Because the world don't have that unconditional love for you. My God loves me unconditionally. Yes, he does. When I'm vulnerable to him, here's the cool thing about being vulnerable to God. Yeah, I'm, I'm at his mercy, but he loves me. Yes, he does. And he's going to take care of me. And anything that he's called me to do, he will equip me. Yes, he will. He's not going to just say, hey, do this. Go. See, sometimes, sometimes I think we like to pick. <laughs> I like to pick. Sometimes I may let somebody do something to... Uh, I was at work here the other day, and we got these things that, like, real slowly, temps, temporarily starts a screw. Puts it in just, like, three turns or a little bit. It don't go real fast. It won't torque it down or anything. But they'll temporarily start a screw into a bowl hole. And part of this process is to take this one uh, thing that has the thermostat in it and get those bolts started. Then you take the big gun and torque it down. Well, the guy forgot the new guy was on it, and uh, he went to attempt start the bolts and didn't have his part. And the guy was going to let him do it just because it was fun. And I get it. I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't ever pick on anybody. But you realize that's what the world does a lot of times. They will let you fall just so they give you a kick. Yes, that's true. Amen. See, God, what he does has a purpose. Yes. Amen. It's not just for <clears throat> kicks and giggles and all that kind of stuff. It's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that when I'm vulnerable, I'm really not vulnerable because I'm strong in the Lord. Amen. 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 I'm vulnerable to Him, but it's because me and Him become one then. Amen. Amen. I can do great and mighty things. I'm vulnerable to what the world would think, mm -hmm. but I'm actually strong because I've become one with God. Amen. His way is the best way. Number one, nothing can defeat him. Number two, Amen. and he's got my back. Oh, yeah. He has a whole host of angels yeah. that can come on the scene and fight my battle for me. Right. Last thing that the guy did was believe. He believed. He beseeched the Lord. He bowed down, but he also believed. He said, he, he told him, if he wants, this can be done. Yeah. He didn't say, yeah, mine can be done. If you will, this will be done. He knew that there was something to this man. Yeah. He knew. I'm sure he probably was gaining a reputation. Mark 11, 22, 23, it says, in Jesus uh, answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, yes. <coughs> and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt his, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Believe. Everybody say believe. 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 
And because he did those, these things, and because of Jesus' nature of unconditional love. See, the thing is, I have unconditional love for my kids, but I don't know what they want unless they ask a lot of times. Amen. You know, I believe God's gave me a gift of discernment a lot of times, and sometimes I hit it spot on, you know. And of course, if they run out of deodorant, I am going to know they need deodorant. <laughs> I pick up on the signs pretty quickly <laughs> if I hang around them enough. Amen? But if they need a binder for school, I'm not going to know that unless they tell them. Amen? I have unconditional love for them. We need to ask Jesus. We need to be vocal about it. If there's anything that I could ever teach you guys, I mean, speak into, out into the air the things that you want to see done. Tell Jesus what you're going through. Ask him. And there's times I, I came to him with some aggravation in my, in, in my tone. Amen? You know, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. Why am I not coming out of it? I don't know. And being the merciful God that he is. He listens. Yes, he does. And I can look back and God has brought me through all of the things throughout the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, he set the stage for the miracle. Yes. God, Jesus and God, they got the power. Yes. They've got the power. And they've got the unconditional love. And sometimes they'll be moved with compassion. But sometimes we need to set the stage. Come on. Amen. Sometimes we need to bring God spiritually speaking a chicken sandwich from Burger King. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> to kind of turn God's ear. God, God, God will help us, but sometimes we don't even tell him what we're going, what we're going through. Come on. Bring God into your situation. Yes. Humble yourself. Bow down to him. And then just believe. We do that. That is a recipe Amen. for a very blessed and highly favored life. Yes. And a life full of miracles and wants, signs, and wonders. So this morning I got some stuff up here. Blake, if you would, would you come up here? Amen. I won't keep you guys much longer. I wanted to kind of demonstrate a little bit. Roll, roll, roll your sleeves up for me. My wife's probably wondering what in the world is he getting ready to do. Now, one of the signs of leprosy. Now, listen, you, you make do with what you got, okay? So bear with me. All right? One of the signs of leprosy was discolored patches of skin, usually flat, that may be numb and look faded. So Blake, this morning, I told him in the bathroom there just a little bit ago that I was going to use him. And I don't know if fear came into his mind or not, but he probably should. <laughs> uh, so, so a leper... Get that old bill Y'all quit preaching my message. <laughs> so the leper had discolorations of skin. 
kind of weird, right? Uh, you are kind of weird? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, so, spiritually speaking, a lot of times we let ourselves become like lepers. We get a little off-colored. Now, you can't sit down yet. Not yet. I'm getting there. We let ourselves get off-colored a little bit. We let some separation come between us and God. We let ourselves get, get to that place. Okay? Uh, also, also, uh, leprosy has some growths on our skin. Okay? So we're going to put some growths on the skin. Now be patient, guys. I had to use what I had. Okay? That's really going to hurt. I didn't even get it to stick. Yeah. Say, put it somewhere else, not place. Do what? Gross on you, okay? Now listen. Now listen, sometimes here's what happens. Things when we, things in the world, when we don't bring Jesus in, stuff will attach itself to us. It's true. And and they'll be uncomfortable. Sometimes, and I didn't think about this a little bit ago, but but you know, that's right there on his his hand in the palm. And do you realize sometimes things will attach ourselves to us that may prevent us from doing the work that we need to do? Amen. You know, the old the, the old enemy sometimes will come up and say, You're not worth anything. You're not worth anything. You can't do anything. And that's like attaching so when somebody tells me uh, that I can't do anything, if I'm not careful, I, I'll let that bust my confidence up and it may affect what I put my hands and feet to. Amen. I, I can't I can't fight as good I mean when when I've lost my confidence because I've let the devil uh, attach things to me. Okay? It, I'm sorry, Sandy, it gets worse. Yeah. Okay? 
Another thing. Here. <laughs> I want you to I want you to remember the sermon that I that I talked about last week. You know, Lot, when the men wanted the angels in his house, he was willing to give up his only daughters yeah. to protect the livelihood, to protect the angels, or protect the livelihood uh, of, uh, or, or to make it not look too bad on the when we don't pull God in and let God move with compassion in our lives, we will lose. If the further we get away from God, we will eventually lose things that's important to us. I don't know about you, but eyelashes are important to me. You know? And, and we will. We, we will lose things that's important to us, that we need, that we want. That will even affect our confidence. If he went around without eyelashes, that would affect his confidence, would it not? I mean, and that would affect who he thought that he was. And we do it. The world does it a lot of times. They do things, amen. It causes them to sacrifice things eventually that they really don't they need, that they don't want to sacrifice. Even, I mean, sometimes we'll even sacrifice our witness, which is very important. But sometimes we'll sac we sacrifice pieces of our salvation and, and things every time we go after something that we don't need to go after. We need to watch what we say, watch what we do, watch who we're around. Because if not, we may even sacrifice some growth, sacrifice some mountains that we've already got the victory over because they're set to have to go back through them again. My, all of my troubles and my trials, I don't want to go through them again. I want to win the victory and keep the victory. Amen. Amen. Now, last but not least, don't settle any glasses. Have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> now, <coughs> what leprosy done, it affected the muscles. Okay? It affected the muscles. And it made it to where they couldn't move very good. Now, Blake, if I told him to try to get out, he's strong enough, he could probably get out. <laughs> but see, a lot of times, we let the enemy put anxiety, let the enemy put fear. We're a lot like those leprosy kind of people, and it makes us, and then what does fear do? Fear immobilizes you. If you're afraid to go outside, what do you do? You try not, uh, like in the dark, you, you try not to go outside in the dark. Fear will immobilize you. The enemy will come up, and if we let him, he will make spiritual lepers out of us and immobilize us. I am such a firm believer that we need to be on the move for God. Amen? Amen. 
And so many times we come into our services and we just go through the routine and through the motion. See, I like to change things up. Uh, change the stage up. Change the seats up. Amen. Something to shake us from being and it's stuck in a rut. Amen. Because it's so easy. We are pattern-based as Christians, we are geared towards everything being routine. Amen. God does not care about your routine. Amen. He wants, amen. If He wants to get the best out of you, amen, the best out of you, amen, is just having faith in God. And when He says, go here, go. You don't have to be part of my daily routine. God will get you out of your box if you let Him. But some of us, we don't let Him. Oh, and we sit right there in our chairs. And, when, and, 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 and what we'll do, we'll actually get kind of, I think maybe like some spirit of rebellion. I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to do that. God, that can't be you. That's just crazy. That can't be you. People think I'm silly. I think probably some of it's a pride issue. If God told us to go up and give somebody a hug, well, that's kind of embarrassing. You need to shake off some prideful nature. Yeah. Yeah. Shake it off. Because if you let it, before you know, it's a slow fade. It might start off at first, but if you let it, you might eventually go to where you're completely bound down and you can't do nothing. Right. And listen, if you're not, my God's moving. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And every time he's moving and I'm not moving with him, that, that, that creates separation. And I believe the devil is like a rat or a mouse. If a mouse gets his nose in something, he'll get his whole body in yeah. Yeah. And if I give the devil just, a, just enough to get his nose stuck in something of my life, if I'm not careful, he'll have his whole body in there just waylaying on that is true. And I have to fight that much harder to get out. Right. Now here's the thing. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to hurt you. But well, I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> so here we are, deformed before Christ, because we've had to have we've let the enemy make us that way. That's not God's plan for our lives. Be bound up. Look like that. Now, if we was born with lumps on our hands and stuff like that, God would love us anyway. He don't yeah. care. He don't care what we look like. He made me. God don't make junk. Amen? But see, a lot of times, our physical life and our physical character and our physical body, uh, I mean, uh, uh, if you look at it in a spiritual sense, we, we can look all discolored and not God's plan for how we need to look because we've allowed it to happen. That is true. So what Jesus does, he's at a place to where he needs to get desperate because that's the only way he's going to get out. Mm -hmm. See, I think the church has lost their desperation. Amen. 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 We're not desperate. When we're not desperate, we feel like we can do whatever we want to do. That's right. We're free. Come on. That's just true. But see, what we do when we don't stay in the power of God, we get us to a place where we have to get desperate. Yes. And then Jesus, we bow down, we surrender to him. God, yes. help me out of this. Come in and take care of it because I can't get out of this. Yes. Come in and, and move and touch. I 
surrender to you. If it be thy will, be done. And then Jesus moved with compassion. So come, piece by piece, and start taking away the stuff that has us bound, the stuff that has us disfigured, the stuff that we're struggling with, the stuff that makes us unaffected. It would have been so easier if we just wouldn't have let ourselves get there in the first place. Amen. But unfortunately, we're human. Yeah. And we get there sometimes. He takes us and he picks us up. And at this point, we don't. At this point, we're disheartened. And we've forgotten who God said that we was. And all that we can see is who the devil says that we are. Amen. My God don't make junk. Amen. So he starts taking this stuff. And even though even though it may hurt, he starts stripping away the deformities. Uh, you don't have to take that off right now if you don't want to. Ah! Oh. Now listen. Now listen, that's that's. Are they gone? Here's the thing. I mean, we can laugh about that because it's Blake, but when God strips away some of that stuff that the devil puts there, it hurts. Yes, it does. It's really bad. It hurts. Mm -hmm. What the problem lies a lot of times is we never get to the place to where we let Jesus take it off of us because we. We get so far down that that becomes the norm. Yeah. Yes. And we don't move ourselves out. It hurts. When you go changing the norm in your life, yes. it hurts. Yes. But look at him now. He don't have no lumps. He don't have no discoloration. He's not bound down. He's perfectly equipped with the ability. He could run laps around this church. Thank you, buddy. Man, can we give the Lord some praise? Yeah. I didn't tell him what I was going to do. I just said, I was, I'm going to use you in my sermon today. And he willingly volunteered. <laughs> I didn't volunteer, really, but he, he was. But you guys see the similarities? Yeah. Listen, I know that's a funny thing, but sometimes we need that vision uh, that we do that. We let the devil bind us down. And if we don't come out of it, let him bring us out of what, I don't care what it is you're going through. We all want to come to church a lot of times and put on this mask like we ain't never going through anything. I know different and I know better. Amen? We all go through some junk along the way. He will take off the bonds and chains. And he will restore you to who he said you would be. And who he said I was going to be is a person that is blessed and highly favored. Amen. That is a child of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. Let's all stand.